Welcome to The Socialist Program. This is the audio of our monthly seminar. Subscribe and support this programming at patreon.com slash the socialist program to join live once a month and ask Brian Becker your questions and listen to them as soon as they come out. Thanks so much for your help in keeping this independent show going. We can make this program with you, but not without you. So I don't know if people saw the news today, but February 16th was announced as the day that Russia will invade Ukraine. And the President Zelensky from Ukraine said they were going to declare it or have declared it to be a national day of unity. And people are supposed to wear certain clothes and other signage. It's an odd way for a country to be preparing for an imminent invasion by perhaps the second largest military in the world a military that has 5,000 nuclear weapons. So when asked, when pressed about it a little bit more about the actual specific day on which the Russian invasion is supposed to take place, Zelensky also then remarked that it was irony. I was thinking like, okay, he was a comedian before he became head of state, but it's an odd sense of irony when you're telling your country there's going to be an invasion of our country. We're going to be invaded by this huge, massive, heavily armed nuclear power. And the again, the response is to wear certain kinds of pins or signage. Anyway, I think that the American media is saying that Russia is moving its armored vehicles and tanks into positions. You know, they've been parked nearby in sort of an area that creates a circle around a significant section of the east and north of Ukraine that the U.S. says an invasion could be days away. So that's the scene right now. That's what the world is being told. So I'd like to start with questions or comments and see what our patrons think about this or want to know about it. So one question, why did the USSR want to join NATO? What would be the point or the corollary, what would be the point of NATO if Russia were a member? And then on NATO as a quote-unquote defensive alliance, I don't know if you saw this quote from Wesley Clark, and this is an exact quote. General Wesley Clark led NATO forces in their 1999 assault on Yugoslavia and said on CNN, quote, NATO has never had a plan to attack anyone anywhere until 9-11. And this was on a show with Jake Tapper, and Jake Tapper did not actually push back on that at all or sort of ask anything about that. And then we have a couple of other questions. It seems pretty clear to me that the U.S. would like for Russia to invade Ukraine, then use the ensuing crisis as a pretext to delay the opening of the new pipeline that would bring Russian oil into Germany and other European countries. So my question is, do U.S. rulers actually believe that they can goad Putin into invading Ukraine? And what mechanisms do they have or think they have to do this? I can't think of any. It seems to me like an exercise in futility on the part of the U.S. Mm, okay. So let's start with the first question. And I believe it comes from Steve Pat. It does. And the tweet that you mentioned is also left eye on the news at left eye blog. Yes. And if people want to follow Steve Pat, it's L-E-F-T-I-B-L-O-G. So L-E-F-T the letter I, B-L-O-G, on Twitter. Tons of really great media analysis. Really couldn't recommend it more highly. So the first point that Steve asked about, USSR and NATO seems strange. Why did the USSR want to join NATO? What would be the point? 
or the corollary, what would be the point of NATO if Russia were a member? The corollary is the key here to understanding what was going on. So NATO was formed in 1949. There, If you look at Wikipedia or do some other searching on the internet, you'll see big pictures of a congressional meeting and also an event at the Pentagon where NATO is initially formed. So NATO is formed in 1949. In 1954, the Soviet Union is very alarmed that the United States is going to admit West Germany into NATO. Now, West Germany, of course, in 1955 or 1954, that's nine years, just a little less than nine years after the Germans are defeated by the Soviet Union at the end of World War II. And Germany, the German invasion took 27 million lives. Before that, 20 years before that, Germany also fought with Russia in the war that started in 1914, World War I. And at the end of World War I, when the Bolshevik Revolution happened and the Russians, the Russian Socialist Federation under the leadership of Lenin, withdrew from World War I, it was at that point that the Germans demanded huge concessions from Russia. They demanded a big part of Ukraine and a big part of the western parts of Russia. And there was a big debate going on inside the Bolshevik party over whether or not the new socialist government should make these concessions to German imperialism. And Lenin was the part of the party in the Politburo who said, yes, we must give Germany exactly what it wants. And it created a huge split inside the new Soviet government because some other forces within the Bolshevik leadership and within another socialist group called the Social Revolutionaries, who were based mainly in the peasantry, they said Lenin was a traitor for going along with concessions to German imperialism. Lenin's argument was, look, we don't have an army. We just had a revolution to get out of the war. We no longer have an army. It's demobilized. So we have to give in to Germany. And because there was paralysis at the top of this new socialist government, and Lenin lost the vote inside the Politburo, lost by one vote, by the way, they refused to sign the treaty at Brest-Litovsk. And the Germans invaded. And then the Russians said, okay, we are ready to make a treaty with you, because in fact, they did have no army, but it was too late. And Germany took a quarter of Russia. And that inaugurated a new civil war. And 14 other imperialist armies invaded Russia. And 3 million Russians died. We talk a lot about the casualties in World War II, but the casualties in World War I were 3 million Russians in the war between 1914 and the Russian Revolution of 1917. And then 3 million more after the war is over during the so-called civil war, which was really imperial governments invading Russia. So Stalin, or actually Stalin dies in 1953, the next group of Soviet leaders in the 1950s, in 53, 54, they now see the United States is going to rearm West Germany, where most of the Nazis, yeah, some of the Nazis were executed after the Nuremberg trials, but most of the Nazis were reincorporated into the German military 
2,000 of the judges of West Germany were former Nazi judges. The United States had brought the leading Nazis military scientists to the United States. They were the ones who developed NASA. Werner von Braun and others, they were the ones who took America to the moon. So the Soviets, looking at the situation in 1954, offer the United States this deal. And the deal is, don't let West Germany come into NATO. We will support the reunification of all of Germany, not divided between East and West, not socialist Germany and capitalist Germany. Let's have a reunified Germany, but it will not enter NATO. And we will enter NATO as really a signal to the West that the Soviets had no aggressive designs on Eastern or Central Europe. And so that's what the Soviets offered NATO and the United States, to which the United States said no and immediately brought West Germany into NATO. And then the next year, the Soviets formed their own military alliance with the Eastern and Central European governments that would be Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, Czechoslovakia. Did I say Albania? It's all of them except Yugoslavia, because the Yugoslavs and the Soviets had a political split in 1948. So the socialist governments formed their own military alliance called the Warsaw Pact, because it was formed in Warsaw, Poland. That's where the opening ceremony was. But that was in 1955, in response to the failure or the rejection by the United States of Russia entering, or the Soviet Union entering NATO, in exchange for no militarization of Germany, the traditional enemy of the Soviet Union. Or not the traditional enemy alone, but it was the invasion of in World War I and World War II that took so many lives. So this is an important fact, and we brought it out in our show two weeks ago, because when you read popular literature, including I saw the front page of The Nation magazine, an article written by someone who was working with the Quincy Institute, something you have to keep careful eyes on because they sound a little bit anti-war, but they're funded by the Koch brothers, or now it's the Koch brother, one of them died, and George Soros. So it's kind of this liberal imperialist and right-wing imperialist think tank, the Quincy Institute. One of their people had an article in The Nation and that says, NATO was formed in response to the Warsaw Pact threats or perceived threats against Western Europe. And I was like, no, the Warsaw Pact was formed in 1955 under the circumstances I just described, not in 1949 when NATO was formed. So these facts are not unimportant in terms of understanding which of the two blocks had the aggressive orientation. That's all for this preview. If you'd like access to the rest of this seminar and our entire archive of exclusive seminars with Brian Becker, become a patron at patreon.com slash the socialist program. We are an independent show and we cannot make this programming without you. Thanks so much for your support. 